The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our creator, from our savior, Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, the one who is present wherever you are. So we are spending this Advent uh, studying this passage from Romans chapter five, which you have heard again about finding the kind of hope that does not disappoint. Last week, we focused in on that first line. We rejoice in our sufferings. And now in this week two, we're moving on to the second part, the part that says, because suffering produces endurance. Endurance, we will find, is not just for long distance runners. It is a piece of our faith to endure that moves us from suffering to hope. So last Saturday night, we were on the edge of our seats as we watched this movie, Togo, uh, a 2019 movie put out by Disney. Uh, it's the true story of the 1925 serum run in Nome, Alaska during a epidemic of diphtheria that was especially hitting children so hard. The story centers around Leonard Seppala and his dog, Togo. So Togo and Seppala, they take on hundreds of miles of harsh Alaskan wilderness and a cruel winter storm to, to transport a desperately needed diphtheria antitoxin to these suffering children. The journey was filled with danger and uncertainty and fear. But this team of sled dogs and uh, led by Togo and, and steered by Seppala, they pressed on with sheer determination. Despite the obstacles and the hardship they endured, they surpassed all expectations. It's a wonderful movie. And it left me wondering just how does a person and their dog garner the strength and the endurance needed to navigate such a harsh wilderness. Now, of course, you know I'm asking that question not just about the Alaskan wilderness, 
But I'm asking that question, how does one endure this wilderness into whatever wilderness experience we're finding ourselves in at the time as human beings? The wilderness of this months-long and still-going pandemic, the wilderness of loss and grief, the wilderness of distance and loneliness and solitude brought on by this much-needed social distancing, the wilderness of distance learning and parents working full-time from a corner in the basement, the wilderness of fear and the fatigue of constant vigilance, the wilderness of fractured relationships, the wilderness of missed opportunity and disappointment, the wilderness of worrying and depression and anxiety. The wilderness is a pretty big place right now. Just how does one person garner the strength and the endurance to navigate such a wilderness? Now, last week we talked about lament. We talked about our sufferings. We said it's important to name our physical and spiritual hurts, the things that can hurt and overwhelm us. Do you know that when we named our laments, what we were doing was we were taking a step into the wilderness. We were placing ourselves solidly into a wilderness. Sometimes you'll find that just naming a lament, saying it out loud, maybe having someone hear it, eases the burden and the weight it carries. But most often, naming a lament is just a first step, a first step into a wilderness with no option to click our heels and lift ourselves up and out of it. When we step into a wilderness, we're in it for a while. Now, maybe we don't like to name our laments because we don't want to admit that we are, in fact, in a wilderness. Maybe we'd rather go along just sort of blissfully unaware. But being in the wilderness is really a very human place to be. And so the question remains, then, how do we endure it? Wouldn't you know that so much of our biblical narrative has a reoccurring theme of wilderness right in it? The truth is that God's people from Genesis to Revelation, from the, the moment creation began to the time of Jesus to this moment in 2020, the people of God find themselves in the wilderness time and time again. That's just true. But here's a greater truth. God is there too. Wherever we find a wilderness, God is already there. The two texts that we have heard in our worship today are straight out of the human wilderness experience. First, the Israelites in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, they are now returning after years and years and years in exile. They have experienced the wilderness of displacement, of anxiety, and of suffering. And now into this wilderness, the prophet speaks these words of comfort and hope 
The roads that they have traveled have been mountainous and rough and uneven. When the prophet declares, every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low, the uneven ground shall become a level and the rough places a plain. This is not the literal description of the destruction of a pristine piece of God's creation. No, this is a powerful metaphor for the people of God. This is God's promise that, they are, that God will enter in and make for them a clear path forward that is not an uphill hike, that is not a place to huff and puff and wonder if you'll ever make it, but that with God there, it will be a straight and clear road with the finish line already in sight. This path forward that God wants us as people of faith to see is also in the gospel reading today from Mark chapter 1. This is the very beginning of Mark's gospel and it acknowledges again the human wilderness we find ourselves in and that God's way out is there as a promise from the very beginning. And Mark is quoting the prophet Isaiah. Mark says, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight God's paths. Now, when a person is lost in the wilderness of suffering or worry or fatigue or fear, a straight path forward is a very welcome image. Ultimately, this is what we need to endure the wilderness, a proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, a way out, the promise that there will be an end. When we know that, we can endure most things. This way forward, this way out, this light at the end of the tunnel, this is God's promise. And there is a second promise too, and that is that you are not alone. These two promises can fuel our endurance for the wilderness days. Do you know, the older I get, the more and more that I believe this to be true, that when you are in the wilderness, you are in the best position possible to truly experience the presence of God. And so for these weeks ahead, let me offer these three practices uh, to you that might help us to endure, to trust, and to be shaped by the wilderness we find ourselves in. So I've put these into the form of phrases that you might practice saying. If we were here together in this worship space, I certainly would have you repeat them aloud back to me, but you can do that in your own home. So the first one is this, tell me more, tell me more. This comes from a book by the same title. Uh, the author is Kelly Corrigan. Kelly discovers this phrase in the middle of a parenting dilemma. You see, her default in parent mode is to try and fix her daughter's problem rather than to empath empathize with it. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty true for me. We like to fix things. We like to hear the problem and then offer a solution. But when we're in the wilderness, there simply is no quick fix. When someone shares their problem with us, then we are just sort of clicking through this Rolodex in our brain trying to find a fix or at least a related story that we can share. But what if 
she says. Instead of entering in with our own idea or our own story, we just said to someone else, tell me more. I want to know what that was like. How does that feel? Well, what happened next? Who was there for you? Tell me more. Can you imagine in your own naming of lament to say the words that hurt and for someone to say back to you, tell me more. It changes the conversation. This person wants to know why I hurt. This person cares. When we practice this kind of listening in our relationships, we experience the very best of humanity, kindness and empathy. And these will provide endurance through compassion every single time. Tell me more. The second is a phrase you already know. This one goes like this. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray this one every single week, yet we are not actually that great at believing it or living it out. We like to plan for tomorrow, save for a rainy day, pad our retirement accounts so we have no worries in the future. In the book of Exodus, though, the Israelites are given this uh, manna when they are hungry, hungry in a wilderness. God provides for them, and God says, take it and eat and be filled. It was a strange food, but it sustained them to be sure. Now, the thing about the manna was that there was just enough given for that one day. God said, don't hoard it or save it up. There'll be more tomorrow. Now, if they did try to hoard it or save it in the morning, they would find that it had gone moldy and bad. So you could collect just enough for that one day. And God would always provide for the next. Jesus taught us not to pray for tomorrow or the next day or the next. But Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. People in recovery know this notion by another phrase, which is one day at a time. When we're in the wilderness of hunger or addiction or uncertainty or fear, getting through one day, and trusting that God will provide what we need for that day is enough to build the kind of endurance which leads to hope. Give us this day our daily bread. Finally, try this phrase out. That's beautiful. Say it out loud. That's beautiful. So often we find that the most beautiful things uh, come in our brokenness and our frailty. Remember back in May when all of the businesses in our neighborhood began to board up. It felt so sad to see all that plywood go up where light should be passing through glass. But then across this neighborhood and throughout our city, that plywood began to be transformed into artwork, honest, brave, hopeful images were painted on top of those uh, boards that represented fear and sadness. A pastor friend of mine has said multiple times that she believes the next reformation of the church is going to be led by the artists. 
And I think she's right. In the wilderness, we endure by watching for the beauty. Such simple things can seem so beautiful when we are walking in the wilderness. I was reminded this week of this Japanese art form, and I'm probably going to mess up the pronunciation of it, but the best I can say is kintsunkori. And this is where broken pottery is repaired by filling in the cracks, the breaks, with gold or silver or other precious metals. The break is highlighted by those precious metals, and the piece becomes even more beautiful for its imperfections. So this week, as you walk through this wilderness, look for the places where you can say, that's beautiful. Someone entered into the crack with something that shines. That's beautiful. This is a gratitude practice, really. The more we watch for the beauty around us, the more we will train our eyes to see it everywhere we look. God has placed beauty in the wilderness. That's beautiful. Remember, the wilderness is a, a very human place to be. But we are told over and over again in our biblical witness that God is there in the wilderness. That God is there with us in the wilderness. The promise of God isn't dropped down magically from the sky. It comes to us from the middle of the muck, from the cracks in our pottery, from the center of our wilderness experience. Tell me more. Give us this day our daily bread. That's beautiful. These are the words that will build endurance in us for our wilderness journey. The wilderness is where we will find God, right in the heart of our story, in the nourishment that we need for each day, in the beauty that emerges from our suffering. May that kind of endurance fuel you today. May it be the thing you trust, even in the middle of the wilderness. May you know that God has and continues to prepare the way forward. And then may you respond. Thanks be to God. Amen.